This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassick, and Alec Medford. The Finally. crew is all back together for and the first time this year but not Corey, a full week it won't be a full week Corey, it's i haven't seen you since last year since last shut year up. shut kevin like, have shut you seen up. have you seen you kevin saw since us last like two year two weeks ago when last year that was last year bro it's been it's a while. 2023 what's this year kevin it's been a while 2020 20, 20 last time we we did a show we were in roanoke virginia it. No, it was that's Yes, it was Texas the last time we were all together. Corey and I Allegedly. were on the next week. You and Reggie were on the week after that. Alex done like pretty much every, every show, show by yeah. himself for the last three weeks. It's been amazing. Has Alec now done 24 hours of radio at some point Gotta throughout be. his entire career? Uh, it feels be. like he's done every shift on the station. Yeah, yeah, I think the math checks out by now. There you go. Kevin, it's your thoughts? It's a new year. I, I let's but see obviously our, not a new you. How let's see how our chemistry is after missing <sighs> after missing so much time together. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. How do you think the chemistry is going right now? Let me tell you, it took ten seconds for Mike to walk into the prep room <laughs> and beat me down. Did you see his so, face when he did it too? If we he were knew. three numbers, let's just say we were number fifty eight, sixty eight, and seventy. <laughs> let's just say those are our numbers. All right. Which one would you say is the eligible receiver out of us three? <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know. It's, it's too been, confusing. It's yeah. been four <laughs> minutes. Okay. Too confusing. So let's go into this because, and I know Alec and the rest of the fan team was holding it down yesterday, and we were live and local on Sunday. So a lot of this has been already talked about. But that twenty hours of football that started with Cowboys Lions and ended with the Eagles losing to the Cardinals was. Freaking crazy. I just wanted to get y'all's take on the highs and lows of the emotions okay. throughout. Because it looked like the Cowboys had lost that game twice. And then they didn't. And then they did. But then they didn't this time for real. And then the Eagles lost and everything felt great again. The the, the it was the F, it was late in the game when I started getting that vision of Mike McCarthy's getting fired at the end of the season and Dan Quinn's taking over. And then I was thinking to myself, but why would you even give Dan yeah. Quinn the job? His defense is the one that failed twice. Well, McCarthy also put his defense in a bad situation late in that game specifically. Agreed. They did the, what they needed to do in the Dolphins game, but they didn't do what they needed to do to bury this team late in the game on this one. So I was like, oh man, I'm freaking out a little bit. And then all of a sudden they got a chance of life again. Then they get the win. I'm excited, exhausted. I'm, I'm exhausted at that point. Go into the next day, Kevin, we head to Six Flags. So I'm watching everything from my phone because it's my kids' birthdays because all my kids are born at the same time for some reason. Um, and so I'm looking at my phone, watching this game. And I'm like, 
and the Cardinals aren't even going to show up because they were down what twenty one to right, seven to six six early in the game. I'm like, they didn't even show up to give us a hand in this one. This stinks. A few minutes later, I look back at my phone and it's tied up twenty ones, and I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Had to go find a TV at Six Flags so I could watch the end of the game. I was like, I'm going to a, to, to find a TV. Y'all can go ride rides right now. I'll see y'all in a few minutes. That's where the sombrero that just goes yes. up and down, there's like a bar over there yes, with there like is. three TVs. And they serve nachos. How is it that you immediately know that? That's amazing. I've been to Six Flags plenty of times with my okay. kids, and that's probably five years old at max that that area oh, where really? they decided okay. to kind of put a bar over you got el diablo and you got the pirate ship yeah. and then the bobsled which kills your back yeah it's not the bobsled anymore it's like the snake el Ver- los Ver- vibrillo yeah. or something like that what does that have to do with either one of these football games well, i was excited that i got That's a tv he to watched. watch it yeah, yeah like, he watched it near the snake ride but he called it the bobsled which it was originally the but bobsled now. but now it's I always forget. Love Vibrio. It's red, yellow, and black. Yeah. And I don't know if it's poisonous because when red and yellow. I think the red has to be before the black, and then the yellow comes after the yeah, the red. So that's that's where I was, Kevin. Mm-hmm. was uh, I was excited at that point. I'm fist I just pumping. assume they're all poisonous if they're red, yellow, and black. <laughs> I'm just pumping, mm-hmm. and I'm walking around Six Flags feeling pretty confident now. you know. And then I'm, as I'm reading through, because, Kevin, I know you tried to explain – all the playoff scenarios to me, but I didn't know where this one landed. It's significantly simpler now. So once Just I saw, win the game I this saw Michael Gelkin's tweet, mm. and I was like, okay, thanks, lose. Michael Gelkin. And then that <laughs> laid it all out. Mike, not right now. It's too early for us to talk I don't about think whether Philadelphia is going to beat the Giants. They stink. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin said that Tommy DeVito would, but I will say this, Kevin. I, a while back when we were looking at the Eagles and how they were falling apart, I said, I think the Cardinals are going to beat them sure. down the stretch. And ho- I was fingers crossed that DeVito could do it first. But the Cardinals did it. Uh, they had Kyler Murray, who had a really good game. I mean, Kyler Murray played well in this game, well enough to beat the Eagles, who I still think are falling apart from within. Okay, I, I agree with you on that. Just to show you how much things change, we're not kidding about Alec, though, yesterday. Alec was holding it down the, G, the G-Bag Nation. I got on with him at four. I know. I So, as is usually the case, I waited until you yeah, got your you shine were, on, yes, and then you. I went afterwards, is one of the things I told Alec, and we talked about, is how much things change. I was counting on Tommy DeVito, who's not even their starting quarterback Mm-mm, anymore, yeah. to get the job done for the Giants. Now, you don't need the Giants to do anything this weekend, but you just need to beat a team that is awful and wants to lose this game. It's an amazing turn of events that I would not have predicted the first time that it looked like the Lions were going to win this game. Because at least there was at least two times Usually, that I was like, we've lost. And I know that it's very early. This is the second year of 17 games. Am I correct about right. that? Is usually you have to win 13 games to be a one or two seed. Okay. And if you look at it, I don't think San Francisco's even going to show up for they this last game. Is but they're at 12. Try and yeah, stay healthy. You 12 and 5 this year is going to be the 1 and 2 seed. So I would have never guessed as the Cowboys were, you know, going into, let's say, mid-November football, that, man, <sighs> if you go 12 and 5, you're going you're gonna to end up winning this division. We all thought that you were going to have to somehow, some way, get to 13 and 4. And now 12 and 5 is going to win the tiebreakers. 
and win the division for you. Which, after the Zach Martin signing, I did say that the Cowboys would win 12 games, and if they didn't, y'all could throw Sonic Ice at me. So that is still up in the air. I said 11-6, and six, so I still got a chance. All right, there you go. Don't fist pump like that's oh. what you're rooting for, though, well, right? I'm still in the running. Okay, I understand. I don't want. I think they're going to win easily. But hope, go ahead. Have you seen the point spread? I saw 13, it open up at thirteen and a half. I don't know what it is right now. Is it's on the road though against quality opponent. Luckily, we're not playing not Arizona. Well, it's a quality because they're a division opponent. So that because means they exist. That takes it up a little higher. Yes, that's a good point there, Kevin. They exist in the Cowboys against teams that exist. You never on know. On the road is. I I I know a lot of people still want to talk about the eligible receiver and everything like that. I understand that. But like in terms of things that I guess I feel are more particularly relevant to the Cowboys going forward, I'm not kidding about this. I I know they didn't give up a lot of points and they didn't give up a lot of points the week before, but that end of the game Cowboys defense, what, what is your concern level? Cause this is now two weeks with the game on the line. And I realize you won the game, but it wasn't because your defense shut it down. In a way, highly concerned because against Miami and against Detroit, they had good games overall. For sure. They're both good games. But I'm going to go back one week and then pass it to Corey here is Dak didn't have, I won't say he had a bad game, but he didn't have a great game against Miami. But at the end of the game with three minutes in change, he drives his team down the field, throws a great pass, gets a touchdown and says, all right, we did our job. We are now giving it to the defense to hold the game. If, as long as you guys hold them to a punt, at any point they have to punt the ball, we will win the game. And they couldn't come close to doing that in Miami. And then you get the interception uh, from Wilson. You have a weird drive, but you do kick a field goal to go up by seven with less than two minutes to go, and the That's other team has no timeouts. It. You have a weird drive. And then you say, hey, as long as they don't score a touchdown, guys, I guess, or get the two-point conversion, which I guess they succeeded at. So good job, defense. But as long as they don't go down and score a touchdown, we have nothing to worry about. And they scored a touchdown with a, with still 20-something seconds left on the clock. So they have failed. They have gotten an F- minus to win games the last two games of the year. Yeah, I, I look back, Kevin, and, and last year, uh, a couple of weeks ago maybe last year, I said, man – that was a great moment. I think it was against Philadelphia. That was a great moment to to have this, hey, you can't leave any time on the clock for Dak Prescott. And it was right before halftime, and he scores the touchdown. That's a great moment to, to for people to go, oh, crap, you can't do that anymore. And then with the Dolphins game, you did that. But now it is that question of why are, why are you not getting to the quarterback late in the game whenever that's, that's what you're best at? And the Cowboys couldn't get to 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 Tua at all. Now is he getting rid of the ball? Yeah, he is, but they're not getting there. Now you need your secondary to make a play. They did it against the Lions a couple times, which was nice. But your your defensive front has to be able to get to the quarterback late in, in a game. That's what you're relying on, and they aren't. And I don't know why. And I don't know if you look back at it and go, "Hey, look at all these holdings that are still being missed on Micah Parsons." How is this even possible? It still exists. You see the shots. You're seeing the pictures. You're seeing the screenshots of it all. All the videos are there. How is it still happening? I don't know. I feel like now he's in a state where he's just like, it doesn't even matter anymore. I'm going to try to do the best I can, but I can't get there. Kevin, I'm going to ask you this question, which I asked Reggie, and he answered it. I would rather be winning by two to four points with the other team having the ball 
to have to go, let's say, 50 yards for a field goal or 75 yards for a touchdown. And I said with like two minutes to go and the and they have a timeout. So it's plenty of time. They can run the ball if they need to, barely. And he said, oh, I, I trust the defense. I know it happened against Miami, but I trust the defense. Now back-to-back games, would you rather be up by two to four points with the defense having to win the game or would you rather be down – by two to four points, but you have the ball with two minutes to go and a timeout, and you have plenty of time to get into field goal range or score the touchdown. Yeah, I I, I think right now I'd rather be down, which which is a shame because this defense has been really excellent. Well, actually, and they historically were- with Dak, it, the the reality isn't that you're going to score. I mean, the history of it, Whoa. not just this year. Like, go back and look at against San Francisco, Kevin. We had 14 seconds left. Didn't work out. I mean, as you go back in history here, it hasn't worked out for the Cowboys offensively, but I see where you are, Mike, with that because I don't trust the Cowboys' defense in this moment, not right now. Or at least just maybe don't play the most basic of prevent defenses could be a good way to start this off. But to your question, I think right now I take the two-point, two-to-four-point deficit, which I realize like statistically is probably not the way to go, and so maybe I'm overreacting because the defense has played really well the last two weeks for the majority of the game. It's just what yeah. sticks out in my mind. Games on the, on the line against Miami. You can win it, you don't. Games on the line against Detroit. You did win it, but again, as we've discussed, maybe not necessarily because of a defensive stop at the very end. From the 806, I'm so happy right now. I love this dumb show. And from the 682, oh, red you. and yellow, kill a fellow. Red and black, okay, Jack. So there you go, Mike. That's your, uh, you know how you're always using... yeah things to to put it together red and yellow kill a fellow hold on red and black we learned something in the first segment okay and i do appreciate that i'm not disputing the validity of that what i want to ask you guys is i'm yes if a snake approaches will you have the wherewithal to run that back in your head before you decide what you're gonna do there's no way i want a snake touching me (laughs) so even if it's red and black i'm like well we're okay that's not a poisonous steak. I'm still going to go, that's a snake, and I want nothing to do with that sucker. Okay, yeah. I, just, I just wanted to be sure about that. Who are you pushing in front of the snake before they, it gets to you, though? Who's with me? Your kids. Everybody who works at the fan. He's going to be like, I don't know Every, this guy. He's going to go, I don't know this guy. If it's my family, I'm like, get away. We, we <laughs> still don't know. Somehow that snake could have picked up poison somehow, some way. I don't uh-huh. care if it's red and black. Mm-hmm. Somehow that snake could be poisonous and we're not taking a chance. Let's go away as fast as we can. I have a nephew, a couple nephews who love messing with snakes. Like they'll pick them up like, oh, look, a little snake, like a garden snake that's like a foot long. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but you are messing with the devil right there. Is there a little <laughs> tiny part of you that thinks they get what they deserve if something happens to them? Yes. Oh my like, God. You shouldn't mess with snakes. <laughs> They're scary. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're back. Coming up next, former Dallas Cowboy Pro Football Hall of Famer, the Manster, Randy White, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan right now on the DNM leasing hotline. As if I need to explain this to, I don't know, anybody it's former Dallas Cowboy, Pro Football Hall of Famer, the manster himself, Randy White. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you all doing this morning? We're doing fantastic. Did you get a chance to check out the amazing evening afternoon of college football? I know we have other stuff to talk about, but those two games were unbelievable. Well, I watched the Terps. I am uh, have a little special right. interest in the, in the Maryland Terps, so I watched I watched the turf game, and uh, that turned out the way I that I wanted it to. That that uh, that victory was was good for them, so I was glad to see that happen. You know, we we saw you, Randy, uh, down on the field on Saturday night for the Ring of Honor ceremony with Jimmy Johnson. What was what was that feeling like being down there and seeing Jimmy get that opportunity? You know, I've been I've been down there on that field for numerous. Uh, inductions into into the ring of honor and people getting their hall of fame rings and i tell you to be honest with you that was the most emotional energetic uh i i I don't know what the right word is to, to describe it but i was i was so glad to be able to be a part of it and uh jimmy was so happy and i think jerry was so happy uh, that they, that they got him in the Ring of Honor, and and all his players were there supporting Jimmy, and my my guys, the groups I played with, we were supporting him because we all respected what he did for the Dallas Cowboys and 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 how great of a coach he is. So that that was a great night. I was glad that that I went out there, and I was glad to to have the. Uh, the chance to be a part of that that really was that really was special would you would you have played for like jimmy johnson like would you have loved to have played for a coach like that oh i love to play for coach coach johnson i just wish i was younger i was too old when he got there i was, <laughs> too I, was I wish i was i wish i was in my first or second year i would have loved to play for jimmy he was a great coach he handled his players right uh, he really had a, a, a good handle on the players of his era. Uh, you know, when I played, there was a one attitude. When when Jimmy was came in the league as a coach, he had his finger right on the pulse. He knew just what to do. And well, look at the record. Look look at look what they did. Look what they did. They they just were phenomenal. And. Uh, you know he's got to take the most major credit for that for for the job he did as the coach. Hall of Famer Randy White joining us here on 105.3 The Fan. Randy, your last year was in 1988. Tom Landry's last year. I know you just said you were too old. Did you did you just say I have nothing left? I am too old, or was there also a part of you going, I just we're losing a lot, and then the new coach is coming in. Was there kind of that going? I don't know if I want to go through that at this age too. 
Oh, actually, uh, my coach, Ernie Stardner, he told me, he sat me down one day and he told me, he says, Randy, there's going to come a time in your career that you can't do it like you used to. He said, you're going to think you can still do it, but but you're not going to be able to. And uh, somebody's going to have to tell you. And I told Coach, I told uh, my coach, Ernie Stardner, I said, well, Coach, if I ever get to that point, uh, you know, I hope you tell me. And sure enough, uh, when when uh, Coach Johnson, when Jimmy took when Jimmy took over, uh, I went in and talked to him, and he said, Randy, if you were five years younger, man, we'd be all over it. But basically, what he was telling me is, you know, he was moving, he was moving on with younger players, and he wanted to get back to the Super Bowl. So. Uh, you know, that happened to me. I called up coach, I called Ernie. I called Ernie up. I said, Ernie, let's go fishing. And I, we went fishing. I told Ernie, I said, Ernie, I'm not quitter. I says, I, but I'm going to retire before Jimmy cuts me. <laughs> and, and he said, it's the right thing to do, Randy. So it, it, it was time for me to, it was time for me to retire, but I always admired the job that uh, the coach Johnson did with that football team and the way he turned that thing around and the way he, he handled with those players. That was, uh, that would really was phenomenal. Obviously, as you were explaining, you had a good handle on what you had left or what you didn't with all the people you played with over the years. How difficult is it for a player to accept Hey, I don't have it anymore. Or do you fool yourself? Not you, but players in general fool themselves along the way. Well, you don't ever, you don't ever think. I never thought I didn't have it. I still thought I have it. I still think I have it today. They could, <laughs> give, me a uni- they could give me a uniform. I'll go out and play if they let me. You never want to give up. I love the game of football. I love playing it. I loved everything about it. The competition, the camaraderie, the winning, the losing. The feeling you have before a game, you want to cry, you want to break something, you want to fight, you know. I mean, where do you get that? Where do you get that emotion? Uh, so, you know, somebody was, somebody had to tell me, hey, Randy, get out of here. You're too old. So that uh, – but I love the game of football. I, I loved it. Now, Randy, we, we've been talking about this Cowboys team and the defense the last few games now we feel like it's kind of – faltered a little bit late in the game against Miami. They give up a drive to to set up a field goal to win the game. And then against the, the Lions, another drive down the field there. You see anything in particular with this defense that they, they might need to do a little later in those games? Well, I think they just go and they study the films and they see what's, what's, uh, what's happening to them. Uh, the thing I always say is you have to remember – Every guy that's out there on that football field was the best that that you could be at what he did somewhere. So on any given Sunday, they're capable of having a great game. So they're all great. So Cowboys moving forward, get ready, study, get everything ready, mentally, physically ready, and then get out there on the field and just let it fly. Let it fly and, you know, let the chips fall and hopefully they're going to fall in their favor and they're going to they're they're win that fourth quarter and 
they're going to be in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of other fans like me that are hoping for the same thing. And I think they do have a legitimate uh, chance to do that. You've got three fans just like you right here, hoping <laughs> yep. that that is yeah. exactly yeah. what yeah. plays you're out. All, you're all on the same page. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Yes, ab- sir. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I am curious about this since we were talking about those last two games. How much do you and defensive players in general hate the prevent defense? Did you ever go like, hey, why don't we just do what's been working most of the game and go after it? Well, that's that's a tough one that, uh, you know, we used to. We used to always say that prevent defense prevented us from winning, but uh, <laughs> that that's not necessarily the case. You know, the coach has got to make a make a decision on what he think is the smart thing to do at that at that particular time, uh, and you don't want to you don't want to give up uh, you don't want to give up that big play, um, and so that that's that's a coach's decision. Randy, I love getting to talk to a Hall of Famer who gets to watch other defensive linemen. I know Micah Parsons plays the game a little bit different than you, but when you watch Micah Parsons, who has an outside chance of being defensive player of the year this year, what are you in awe of of him or just love watching him do? Well, I like I like his motor. He, he goes. I, that, that's what I like the, the most about him. I like his motor. He he and he's he's got speed and he never quits. I mean that that's that's what makes him a great football player. You, you never you never see the guy quit he, until the play's over, and that's what it takes. And that's what he will make big plays because the ball will get fumbled and he'll be there. He'll get tipped and he'll be there. He's a great player. Uh, I think he's learning as he's going along and I think he's going to do nothing but get better, but he's, he's a great player. And I, I enjoy watching him play football. And then Randy, I know when you got drafted to the Dallas Cowboys in the seventies, they're in the middle of being an un- unbelievable team. Usually if you get drafted second overall, you're going to a team that's not very good at football, but you get drafted to a team that uh, their goal is definitely to win the Super Bowl, And they're in the middle of it. If this Dallas Cowboy team makes it, let's say, to an NFC championship game, almost all the guys on the team have never played in a championship game. What was your feelings or thoughts when you got to your first ever NFC championship game? I tell you, my first NFC championship game was my rookie year. And I remember our goal that year was to get to the NFC championship game and win it. That was our outstanding goal. Well, we did that, but we got to the Super Bowl and we didn't win the Super Bowl. The next year, our goal was to get to the Super Bowl and win. And Super Bowl twelve, we got to the Super Bowl and we won. So uh, I think setting them goals high, set them high and shoot shoot for shoot for the stars. I say you want it all. That's what this game's all about: is winning the Super Bowl. They don't think about the team that come in second. They think about the team that uh, that wins the Super Bowl. And I think the Dallas Cowboys can do that. They just got to put believers. But like you said, they've gained a lot of experience, and they're getting more and more experience. Uh, and and the more of that that they have, 
the better it's going to be going into these big football games. You're going to be more comfortable, and they're just going to go out there and play football and win football games. Now, he's too humble to say this, Corey, but Randy White was the co-MVP of that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Just in case you were yeah. wondering, oh, yeah. he was the co-MVP along with Harvey Martin of that Super Bowl. And deservedly so. Yeah, just wanted to throw that out there for the people in case they didn't know. <laughs> Randy, the uh, – the, the well, go ahead. No, y'all are talking about the the uh, the the Super Bowl and the first Super Bowl and going to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you my my the biggest story or my greatest thrill of going to the Super Bowl when I was a rookie. The police escort uh, the buses were all full, so we went through the police escort. Uh, our PR guy put us. Burton Wallace and I, and we get up to the police escort car, and there's this guy in the back seat, and he's got long hair and beard. And I tell Burton, I said, Burton, you sit back there with that hippie. I'm sitting in the front. <laughs> We're riding down the road. The guy taps me on the shoulder. He goes, hey, Randy. He says, I'm Willie Nelson. I'm a big fan. I go, oh, Randy, you dummy, you. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest the biggest thrill of that that whole experience that night, Jimmy Buffett, Jerry Jeff Walker, Wellen Jennings, and Willie were at our after party. Holy crap! Yes, and we got, and Bob Brunick played the guitar, our middle linebacker, and we got to get up on stage and sing "Up Against the Wall," "Redneck Mother." Yes. with those guys. So that's what I remember of my first Super Bowl. <laughs> Unbelievable! That's pretty damn good memory right there. Pretty damn good memory for <laughs> sure. That's a good one. <laughs> now the uh, the Cowboys at the Ford Center uh, or the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. They're hosting the East West Shrine Bowl game, and I know Broadus and Woolchuck are excited to go see that. That's our afternoon show. Can you tell us a little more about you know how excited you are that it's here? Well, I'm glad that the game's there. I played in that football game years ago, Mike. Football coach Jerry Claiborne was a uh, big supporter of that game and all the children that they helped. Uh, nobody paid for anything, and they helped so many people, and they still do. So it's a great football game, and it's a competitive football game because there's still a bunch of people of those guys that are going to be playing that are playing for a, a draft spot in the NFL. So it's going to be a great game to watch, and it's for a great cause. So I invite everyone to come out uh, and and be a be a part of that experience. It's it's going to be a good one. Now, Randy, before we let you go, our morning show host R.J. Choppy tweeted on Saturday night: Randy White might be the most masculine man I've ever seen, mm. and that's and that's a that's a huge compliment because he thinks he's the most masculine man out there. That being said. <laughs> Since I've been a child, every time I've met you, uh, every time I've I've gotten at a charity softball game or whatever event, you've always been the kindest person to me. And I know Kevin and I interviewed you a while back or early on in our careers, and you've always been kind. So as as much of a masculine man you are, you're also a very kind man. We always appreciate that, Randy. No, and I appreciate it, and I hopefully uh, I will always be that way, or my dad will reach down from. Wherever he is in heaven, he'll bop me in the head if I ever do anything any different. So uh, it's uh, it's an honor for me for people to come up and talk to me and want my autograph and say hello. And 
uh, I'll always I'll always embrace that. I always will. East West Shrine Bowl, the 99th edition, February 1st at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. You can get tickets at ShrineBowl.com. Randy, thank you very, very much for the time today, good sir. My pleasure. Y'all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you at the game. Yes, sir. There you go. Randy White right here on 105.3 The Fan. By the way, if you need another local Randy White connection, you're a collector. I know at the past he's— I have one. He has been at oh. the Dallas Card Show. I know perhaps this weekend he was bouncing around to some local card shops that support my possibilities. Really? So he is a collector as well. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk about that college football playoff. How amazing were those games? Did you have a favorite? And are the best two teams in the championship? Let's talk about it next right here in The Fan. Can the dogs defense get the stop on fourth and 11? Ewers takes a shotgun snap. He's back to pass. Pressure coming. Throws the fade. Yes! Yeah! We're going to Elisha Jackson knocks the ball away. The Huskies are headed to Houston to play the Michigan Wolverines for their first national championship since 1991. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We are going to talk about the college football playoff yesterday, but real quick, maybe you'll love this. Maybe you will not. Ian Rappaport is rappaporting that Lyle Collins is arriving in Dallas today to work out for the Cowboys. Assuming oh, he, he passes out. Here, this listen to huge. this last line. Listen Assuming to the last line. Assuming he passes his physical. Here's me editorializing, which you can never do. Dallas could sign him to the practice squad to work his way into football shape. <laughs> With one game left? Well, I mean, obviously, it's like hopeful. If if Tyler Smith is out for a sustained period of time, can he play the left guard position? I thought Bass looked fine. Uh, actually better around the rest of those starting offensive linemen. I thought, you know, he looks good next to Ty- Tyron Smith, and he can continue to work there. But, Mike, yeah, they're like, hey, work your way back into football shape. And we've always yeah, been told get like, it takes three games to be in football shape, and he's not going to have right, it. So what's the problem? <laughs> when just, we're in the NFC championship game, he'll be good to go. He doesn't love football, and he right. doesn't love working out. Right. So these are two things that really contradict who Lyle Collins is. <laughs> hey, that's why it's the practice squad. Well, and you didn't right. hear Jerry this he morning. He hates practice, yeah, too. Yeah, he hates practice. Uh, but Jerry this morning did say, that is the most premium thing that people are looking at right now. When he was on with Sean and RJ and Bobby this morning, he was like, right now, at this point in the season, everybody's trying to find offensive linemen. So, yes, we're looking. We're going to do everything we can. Now, we bring on Carter Freeman for perhaps the first of two appearances today, although he's already trying my patience as well, is I can't imagine the college football playoff having played out much better Yesterday, just in terms of entertaining games, and maybe as a side note, Florida State getting their doors blown off, but I think that's actually a lot more complicated than all that, and we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. But just in terms of entertainment value yesterday, I can't imagine two better games back-to-back. No, they're both awesome, and the last four semifinal games have all come down to one-possession games. And it's kind of sad because I've loved this four-team playoff model that we've had. 
but for the most part, it's been uh, it's been blowouts. Yep. But right here at the end, as we're moving towards a 12-team playoff, as the whole system's changing, it seems like teams have finally gotten in the groove of figuring out how to translate their success from the beginning of December to the end of December, beginning of January. So it's sad that it's going away, but yeah, two incredible games yesterday. And it felt like, and I know I mentioned this in the crosstalk, it felt like special teams have never been more important or perhaps more neglected than they were in those games because whether it's where to field a punt, where not to field a punt, how to snap the ball for a field goal, there was a whole lot of problems. No, that's all you have to do is muff a punt and you'll win the game because both Michigan and Washington muffed punts and they won. So, And, and for Washington, and y'all might disagree with me on this, Washington, I felt like that one hurt maybe more so because it felt like they might be able to create some, or they were going to create some separation in that game. Like, I, I go back in that game, and I thought, Washington looks better than Texas, maybe because Penix was playing out of his mind. But I thought Michigan and Alabama were playing, like, a lot more even for a, a chunk of the game. Does When you say even, does it mean good? Look, I understand it was not necessarily the prettiest. Slugfest. Yeah. Okay. All right. Defense it, can be good. I thought you said earlier it was a chomp uh, of, a, of the game. Yeah. Champ of the game? Champ, chomp. Remember that You're last year? Bit. Last year you said that. Yeah, you changed he it from chunk. That. So now you changed it back to chunk. In 2024, it's chunk? Mm-hmm. Which one is it, Kevin? <laughs> we need to know. That being said, I had predicted, it was a great game. I had predicted with Alec yesterday whenever I uh, <laughs> called in through 24. That, that game could end up being like 10 to 7. So I kind of expected, a, you know, Big Ten football is boring anyway. So I kind of expected that. Uh, but it was, they scored more points than I anticipated. And then we got some overtime. So I was excited about that one. And I think that the that show that games that are lower scoring can still be really fun. Now, yes. it kind of took a while for it to really get to the the more fun part there at the end. But, like, you didn't need 40, 50 points for it to be a truly, like, super watchable, fun game. Like, they showed that that style of defense with enough offense yeah. sprinkled in can still be really, really fun. Maybe this is not the most important, but just a logistical question. Why, why is it that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh did, in fact, call that timeout so they could run another play from the one-yard line and try to kneel the ball down in their weirdo victory formation, even though it was going to overtime? I have no idea. I thought Alabama called the timeout. No. I thought they said Michigan no, called no, it. No, was- in Michigan called it. Really? Yes. I don't think Alabama Cause I assumed had timeouts Al- Because I saw when Nick Saban was walking down the sideline, and it was like, oh, he's not going to call timeout. I'd make him maybe run another play just in case there's a safety. I thought he walked down the sideline and then gave the timeout signal. Maybe I'm crazy. The I, announcers were saying that it was Michigan that called it. it. You're right, But you're right, Mike. If it was Alabama, that makes plenty of sense to me. If it was Michigan, didn't quite understand that. I also wanted to give you your props going back to the beginning of the season. You said, Washington, look out for them to make the playoff. And now, not only did they make the playoff, they win. They're in the championship game against Michigan. Yeah, and like we were saying earlier, I thought they looked like the better team for pretty much the entire game, even until the very end where they decided we're going to do one of the dumbest things in CFP history and just give Texas a chance to potentially win the game. Yes. A a touchdown would have won it there at the end. But, yeah, they – Give them credit. They were going to stick to their game plan, which is have Penix throw the ball no matter what. And Dylan Johnson, the running back who got hurt towards the end of that game, he's a good player. He didn't have the best day because Texas has a great defensive line. They do have a great defensive line. But they stuck to their guns, which is throw the ball a ton, 
to their awesome receivers. And that hurt them at times because there were a couple possessions late in that fourth quarter where they ran off like, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds to a minute and a half when they could have run down a lot more if they'd run the ball. But like they stuck to their guns and it ended up working out. So we're both right. Here's the game cast. First and 10 from the one yard line, Michigan, Blake Corum runs for one yard to the Michigan two. With 12 seconds to go, second and nine, Alabama calls a timeout. And that makes sense. Next play, not even a play, then Michigan called a timeout because they needed more time to think about dealing the the ball. So Alabama called a timeout. And then before they even run another play, Michigan called a timeout, I guess just to make sure, like, we're kneeling the ball here. We don't have to run another play. And then they kneel the ball and it goes to overtime. The fastest so they both called timeouts, time. but I guess Alabama, according to GameCast, called the first timeout. Okay, because that boggled the mind while I was watching it, almost as much as backtracking, fumbling the punt, fielding it. But good for that guy for getting back to the one-yard line and not giving up the worst safety maybe in the history of college football right there. Yeah, they were that close to losing probably the most heartbreaking game of all time. I, I just would – I kept picturing that guy from Michigan where they lost the game to Michigan State on another special teams botch like years ago. He's got, he fumbled. He has trouble with the snap. Yeah, I yeah. just kept picturing him like feeling his temples again and being like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> Do you remember that guy yeah. with the glasses? Dude, and- the memes and the stands are always the best. I have a question for you guys. Let's just say on fourth and three for Alabama real quick. They And it's goal. They do sneak the ball in for a touchdown. Obviously, that play never came close to working. But let's just say they do. Do you think Nick Saban would have Dan Campbell it? Because this was my thinking as they got first and goal on the yeah. nine. I thought, is he going to score a touchdown here and just say, screw it, we're going for I two for a win or loss? So. I don't think so either. I don't think that's not Saban's style. Okay, yeah, He's very conservative in that approach. And he'll just wear, and he knows his team can just wear you down the longer they play. So okay. I think he would have played for a second overtime. Okay, I just I was wondering that, and you guys follow, you know, Alabama more. I was just thinking, if you think you have the lesser team, you go for two there, right? But if I you think you have the lesser team, and maybe he doesn't think that in that situation. Yeah, I don't think Alabama is ever going to think they have the lesser team. And the the talking about trouble with the snap, that was Alabama's problem the entire game. They finally have a kicker who can make long field goals. Yep. But their center struggled the entire game. It was low snaps. It was snaps to the left, to the right. The last play of the game was a low yes. snap. Yes, and they had an option. It was a read option where he could have pitched it out to the running back running to the left, but the snap was low. Milro freaks out, and yeah. he just sprints forward into a wall. He actually made a great play at one point uh, on the goal line, not right on the goal line, but uh, the quarterback for Alabama caught an unbelievable snap to his right, like was able to snatch it and still be able to hand it off. It's do you I, I know we'll talk about this more as the week goes along, but this feels perfect to me for Washington. They are undefeated. They're second in the country, but they can still claim the disrespect card yeah. as they've been installed as the underdogs. Although I will tell you And their quarterback's older than Lamar Jackson, I think. This he has yeah. played it's only a six year in college. Yeah. It, him and Bo Nix has just been yeah. hanging around forever. Is he went against Patrick Mahomes when he is at Texas Tech, I think. They're four and a half point underdogs, but that is a closer game than it looked like going in. Going in, the theoretical point spread was six. So 
the gap has shortened, and I think maybe finally people are respecting Washington. I guess not that much because they're still the underdog. The, but they, and that's like we've said, that's what they've feasted on. Yep. They were underdogs when they went to play at Oregon State. Yes, they're underdogs playing Oregon again. They're five and zero as dogs this year. I mm-hmm. do believe. Yeah, and so that's been their thing, and I think it's so perfect. Because they're the Huskies. They're mm-hmm. the dogs. Yeah, I think it's so it's perfect that we have Michigan who's been at the center of the college football world with all their controversies, their coach getting suspended twice, and the the dude who uh, was filming the games for him, he was at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so my, my, my thought was, oh, is he filming games for another team now? He's been, you know, he's like a mercenary. He just went to, you know, Washington. He's filming Michigan tape for them. But Michigan's been at the center of college football this entire season. They're here at the end. Washington in their final year of the Pac-12 could potentially win a title for that conference as it goes out into the sunset. I think it's an excellent final two teams. I'm betting uh, we won't hear about all the adversity that Michigan's gone through leading up to this game or throughout. We definitely will, as if it wasn't self-inflicted adversity. Like (laughs) I like that after the semifinal game, they only take a week off instead of six weeks. Yes. (laughs) I find that the weirdest thing in football. It's like, I do feel like there's a little bit of, I know we got to go. There's a hair of momentum lost. I was looking forward to yesterday's games, but I feel like there's a little bit of momentum lost when you're like, and the last time they played was December 2nd. And you're like, what? I feel like that's a good buy. Like, hey, man, we'll we'll give you 30 days off till you have to play again. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.